Welcome you are listening to and perhaps watching Hot Sauce Sports. I'm your host, Stella Rees. Uh, I am joined by Terry Tam. Uh, how's it going, Terry? Uh, great. You know, I'm, uh, I feel like I can wear this shirt in public. I can't wear this shirt in public, but I can wear it around the house. If okay. somebody, if I'm walking down the street, anytime like a, like a 35 year old white guy is walking down the street and he has a shirt that says Funko on it, I think mm-hmm. people look at him differently. I will say like, um, the, you know, there's a whole part of my wardrobe that's like for gardening and for wearing around the house that I would never wear in public. Oh, 100%. Uh, Many of them include so like I I have a ton of jerseys most of them given to me, um I I'm not a jersey in public guy I just never been because we spoke I, about this on the, on the, the live stream the other day like, who's wearing jerseys out in public unless it's like a basketball jersey and you have to have nice arms for that and it's like, yeah oh. so that you gotta be mega ripped and like also like age appropriate too like yeah still, like maybe ten years ago we could have pulled it off now oh, yeah. uh, not so much. Uh, but even like going to a game, like I'm always coming from a bar to go to a game or leaving the game to go to a bar. I don't want to still be wearing the jersey after the game or before the game, right? Yeah, so, that's the thing too is you got to really prepare for the evening. But yeah. like, I'm, I don't really go – if I go to a Habs game, I'll wear my jersey. Um, but I won't wear it to the game. I'll wear it at the game if you know what I mean. Like I'll hold it in my hand and then I'll just go home after. I usually don't – don't go out. But if I do, then yeah, it's a, it's a problem. But I usually have my car, so I'll just dump it in my car. Um, so I, I uh, Eagle, by the way, is producing the show. As always, Eagle, sorry about that. I forgot oh, your that guy. introduction. So I How's- figure I wouldn't be a fun uncle, but I'd be the uncle you leave your kid with on like pedagogical days. Although I'm pretty sure Trunkle. wearing a shirt that says peduncle is probably not the best option. Yeah, peduncle isn't a good one. I mean, maybe we should make sure to say peduncle. Ped- or, or, pedagogical or days. Pedo-uncle doesn't make it any better. No, yeah, I was, I was gonna, gonna go. Say. I was gonna go with Trunkle. You're a trusted uncle. That's that's all right. Plus, He's you've f- got a trunk hanging between your legs. There we go. Hey-o. There it is. There she is. Bang, so, bang, bang. Uh, I I came across something. Um, and I, bang, I, bang, this bang. is like two, two. There's two things in here that I think it's it's both like a result of like you know age, home ownership, that kind of stuff. And I think Eagle and I might actually have this one thing in common. And I, I think Terry's on the fence, but I'll start with the first part of it. Um, every year, um, I get a wasp nest building in the same spot. It's right where I go in and out of the house through the uh, patio door in the back. Um, I uh, th- there's right at the corner there. Wasps build uh, build a nest there. I don't know if you guys have deal with this, um, Terry. Never I know you had a house. Or Eagle, I know you're you're moving into your house soon, so maybe you'll have to deal with this soon. At my, at my dad's house, we used to get a wasp nest underneath our pool slide. This is where I would brush off my shoulder and kind of, you know, do the first, the, the rich privilege type of explanation. But yeah, we always had a wasp nest grow under our pool slide, and it was annoying. I love how always under and pool slide are in the same sentence for, for Eagle. <laughs> um yeah, I know. Uh, it, it's it's incredibly frustrating. Duke actually had an experience. Duke, our graphite, he had an experience that he woke up one morning and his bedroom was full of wasps. And That's what it true. was, it was like a horror movie. Uh, they built four nests inside of his walls. Um, so out? imagine waking up to that. Um, th- this is like pre-pandemic era. Uh, just super, super, super strange scenario. I uh, never had that. But I got to see this wasp up close and personal. And like, so I haven't knocked it down yet. I'm going to take care of that this weekend. Um, but when I see it, it has this like it's really cool like it's it's got like a like a honeycomb kind of design right like you would expect 
and it made me think of a loofah, the thing you, you use in the shower. And then I realized um, I lived alone uh, for a couple of years before uh, moving into my wife. Uh, Eagle, you, you, moved, you lived alone too. Mm-hmm. I only started using a loofah about two years ago. And I got to say, I don't give a shit if it's not manly or not. That shit can froth up some fucking soap. It is a beauty. What kind of a loofah? Like the one with the stick on it? No, it mine's on the string and it's pink and it's it's awesome. It's really oh, okay, spongy. like the, the little thing. Yeah, I've I've been I've been using those since I was like sixteen. See, I th- I think because again, like so, you went from like living at home with your family to to you know then I don't think you ever had that period of living alone, right? If I'm not mistaken, uh, I had like a half a year last year. Eagle, you and I, we were doing prison showers before our girls, right? Like that's. We were I still hands do prison soap. showers to this day because uh, my girlfriend's an esthetician and she's completely against it. Not really? for the fact that it helps you exfoliate, but because it accumulates all there's so so much dirt in there, you can never actually wash it out. So you should ah. theoretically be throwing it out all the time. And she's like, "What's the point then?" Fair. What the loofahs? Yeah. So a prison shower is soap to body, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh no, I do. I still do soap to body once in a while, but sometimes if like. Uh, you know, it depends if it's, if it's, if I have like my, if my elbows are a little ashy, I'll break out. Like I have this ax one where on one side it's a little harder and the other side is like the loofah, like the soft. Oh, I remember the commercial like, for that. Yeah. I would do like the yeah. carriage and everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then I'll take that and I'll like swipe up the gooch. You know what I mean? Like I'll do that stuff. But like for the, the most part, I'm, I'm, yeah, for the most part I'm going, I'm going soap to body for sure. I used to, I'm, I'm converted though. And I, I'm, my skin has been uh, forever soft. Next time we're actually in person, I'll let you guys touch my face. So, you know, I would never touch your face. Good luck on Saturday. <laughs> you may not have a choice. <laughs> Saturday, we were invited to a golf tournament um, with uh, from our sponsor, uh, Mike's Barbecue Rub. We're super excited to be taking part. Um, it's a fundraiser, although I've forgotten uh, what we're raising funds for. So hopefully Terry remembers. Uh, nice. Uh, I want to say. I want to say like, I want to say leukemia. That's a good guess, and it is correct. Thank God. So, yeah. Okay. I'm, I just I, I don't want to be wrong. So. Leukemia. We're raising money to stop leukemia. So yeah. against leukemia. Against we're anti leukemia. We're anti. We're anti cancer. I actually changed my license. I actually saw a license plate the other day that said F cancer. So I'm gonna change mine to F leukemia just for this weekend. It'll be an expensive weekend for you. Yeah. And it turns uh, out my real estate agent is sponsoring a hole. So, uh, yeah, that's a thing. Oh, yeah? Who's your real estate agent? Well, maybe you'll get a percentage off your new home. Uh, you yeah, it's uh, – well, if it matters, anyone in Montreal, it's Group Baronello. Uh, ask for whoa, Jerry. Whoa, He's whoa, awesome. Whoa, 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 What's with the free advertising? Fuck out of here. Whoa, whoa. He got me a good price on my house. So I don't care. What did he get me? All right, so I'm doing my real estate. Got me a house. I'm doing my real estate license in August, so if you ever buy again, you're going to have to use me. I don't care about this Baronello doofus. I'm your sales guy. From now on. From now on. Henceforth. Um, But I I will use Baronello up until that point. We got got a lot of of stuff coming up today. Uh, We have a guest. We have a – I love when we get wrestling dudes on. Um, (laughs) I like dudes who talk, and wrestling dudes are perhaps the best for that. Frankie Varillo is going to be coming on the show. Uh, He's going to be uh, joining us shortly. Uh, he's cur- joining us courtesy of Torture Chamber, which is a Montreal-based uh, wrestling league. And uh, before that, Paulson, Stefan Paulson wrestles out of there. Front of the show. Front of the show. Still does, but I'm pretty sure he does. 
hopefully they're hopefully they're enemies. We'll we'll find out uh, once we have the interview going. Uh, for now, though, we have a ton to get to. It's time for the news. Wrong music. That wasn't actually music. That's just peas fighting with his mic. Oh, yeah, I hear the intro music. Ah, Terry, it's the news. I heard the intro music. I also heard the, the intro. The damn. Did you really? I heard that. Yeah. Not here. Oh. Um, yeah, no, it was you. Absolutely. And yeah. um, it was me fighting with the microphone. Uh, I was struggling with it the entire first segment. I was hoping to have the cutaway card so no one would see me do it at least. But nope, uh, nothing worked well in that transition. You know what um, was it? underrated guest that we had a long time ago well even not a long time ago about a year ago we were in studio it was mike familiar the the um the bigfoot guy mm-hmm. i just i just remembered him randomly no not this way i just remembered him randomly he was a very good guest it was excellent i loved him yeah we're talking about bigfoot fuck how many times we get yeah. to talk about bigfoot not enough nope we need we need to get him back find out how it's going um See if uh, he's made any progress. If uh, if COVID has affected his uh, his finding. If if big feet. What are the plural of bigfoots? Bigfoots. Big feet. Eagle. What are the plural of bigfoot? Bigfoot. I would just bigfoots. go bigfoots. Or bigfoot. Oh, I, aren't they called like what are they? There's like other I've names. I've heard of them. bigfoot. Didn't he call like the red devil or the the red eyed devil or something like that? Or that's like hunt, a, that's a hunt for red eye. Sort of um, I think that's his I just let's go with a gaggle of big feet. There you um, go. So like let's that. see if uh, any he's got any news on his gaggle. Uh, also, we can find out what a plural uh, version of that is because he informed us that uh, there are, while small in number, there are a, a number of big feet, big foots Foots. in uh, in North America. So very excited to see where he's at with that. We'll get to him at some point because uh, that does I remind me. I, I need follow to follow up. Yeah, I think we should get in, get in touch with him again. Good dude. Of course, of course. Um, but when we do get him on, we're going to do him the courtesy of letting him know that this is a show. That what you're partaking in is a, a show. It's a podcast where yeah. we interview people with the show. Um, yeah. And he, we will get his consent to go on air, yes. uh, unlike this call between Julio Jones and Shannon Sharp. Uncle, what's going on, bro? Man, nothing much. Got to go meet up with my brother. What's happening with you? Man, look. You want to go to the Cowboys, Julio, or you want to stay in Atlanta? Oh, man, no, nah, I'm out of there, man. You He's out, out. Of there? He's out of there. Oh, Are you going to... Ideally, where would you like to go? Oh, uh, right now, I'm just... See, I want to win. Okay. Dallas. We don't go to Dallas. If you go to... You ain't winning in Dallas, Julio. Uh, Uncle, what's going on, bro? And at that moment in time, someone in the production room was screaming in someone's earpiece (laughs) saying, tell him we're live. Tell him we're live. Well, that's the thing. Like, Eagle, you would never let me do that. No, the moment you pick up your phone, I have someone running on the set to rip it out and throw it away. Like, How did you bring your phone onto the set to begin with? Like, that's not a thing. That said. Well, there's commercial breaks. You're not here. Who knows what's going to happen? Who knows who I'll call? Maybe my mom. I I guarantee you that he knew he was on speaker. Um, It's possible. Um, If not, it's 
like it's the end of Shannon Sharp's career because A, it's illegal. B, which NFL player would ever talk to him if he betrayed the confidence that way? Yeah. Um, like I know, I know either way, Julio's not upset about it. Um, it looked as I watched it over and over, it kind of felt more and more like a like a work, so to speak. Like, yeah. um, like the the two planned it together. Um, and so that that might be the case. I, I do. I hope it's the case for the benefit of everyone involved. It, it, it's also possible just because Julio Jones doesn't really make a ton of uh, media appearances. So um, I think that he might have seen this as a way to like help him break the ice. On you know. Get get the information out there, but also uh, don't have to put your name on it. Like you can make Shannon Sharp the story. Because prior to this, I don't know if you guys remember this. Um, the only Julio Jones story I knew is he lost an earring, a diamond earring, and and had hired a team of scuba divers to to try and recover it from Lake Lanier, which is uh, just outside Atlanta. Sorry. Did they find it? No, Lake Lanier. Um, Lake Lanier is an awesome lake to drink on. I would never touch it with my skin. So there's uh, probably a million diamond rings down there. The, it, 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 it swallows diamond rings. There's a, uh, there's a story because it's, it's built on a, on a flooded uh, town. And it was, at, at one point, a stronghold for the KKK. And so there's like a theory that there's a bunch of evil spirits that steal your shit from the lake. Like it's... It's sort of like a, a thing that people say about Lake Lanier. I looked it up before my first trip there, um, and I was like, ah, it's kind of cute. It's a funny little story about the lake. <laughs> I love it. What do, we, do we have any lakes around here that are like that? I mean, I guess the... the Lake Champlain has the, the fake Loch Ness Monster, the Champy. What? Yeah, Lake Champlain. When I was a kid, we used to go and uh, used to take the cruise from Plattsburgh to Burlington. Um, and... When you cross that lake, it's Lake Champlain. Uh, they tell all the kids that uh, if you look, if you look carefully, you'll oh, see okay. camp. And then my parents would set up on opposite sides of the boat and like call out, "Oh, I see him! I see him!" So my brother and I would sprint to one side mm. and then sprint to the other side. And then by the time we got to Burlington, we were asleep because we we're exhausted from running. My parents are geniuses, and kids are dumb. <laughs> kids are dumb, and your parents got hammered that night, and they oh, had 100%. all kinds of sex. Hammered and guaranteed sex. That's what that's what that night was. Um, so good for them. Um, no, the thing with the seeing this though with Julio Julio Jones, um, what I'm surprised by is a Skip Bayless's super fake reaction about he's not staying in Atlanta. Like, didn't we talk about a month ago how Atlanta was up against the cap and basically have to get rid of Julio Jones after June first? Skip like, Bayless I don't is with John or or on the or like in on the show itself. Skip Bayless is is probably the worst person to hide. Like he's the worst actor. Like he can never play a role. His his only role he can play is the heel. He can't play anything else. Like and he's great at that. He's, he's great. like Elvis. He's like Elvis when he wanted to act. Just fuck it, let him sing all his dialogue. Remember that bitch from Eddie Murphy? Yeah. And he, he just like fuck it, let him sing all his dialogue. It's the same thing with Skip Bayless. He has to be the heel. He can't do anything else. He's like so he's leaving. Wow, I'm shocked. Well, fuck yourself, Skip Bayless. Well, well because fuck. again, so like, so they knew the cap was coming down because there was uh, no football income last year. So there's a foot, uh, FRI, football-related income, that's specified on CBA. That that helps define the total amount of money, and then that money is then split as per the terms of CBA. Um, and so if you didn't make money last year at the gate, obviously there's less money. So they knew going to the off season that. Um, 
this was going to be an issue. They didn't, uh, they didn't really address it. So we knew basically by the time of the draft that Julio was not going to be on the team. Again, like I said, I don't know if this was like a private conversation or if we actually talked about it on the show, but I've been aware of this for over a month, so I don't know why this is surprising. I don't think, I don't think we've spoken about it on the show, but yeah, we've mentioned it in our group chat 100%. Okay. A bunch of times, I think it's. I think it was pretty common knowledge that Julio Jones is, is going to leave. I mean, they couldn't afford him. He's he's one of the best receivers in the league, still is. Um, he's going to get paid. His value is a lot more than what the Falcons are going to be able to offer. The Falcons are in this weird stage where they have all, like where every team goes through. They have too much money on the cap, and they're going to have to cut some salary. And they usually a big star goes. It's usually a receiver that's you know a little over thirty. You know, he's kind of at the peak of his career about to hit the downfall and and that that's where the falcons are and they're they're just a clusterfuck of an organization right now like their their roster is garbage and they spend way too much money well but you know like you know calvin ridley looked excellent all last season um kyle pitts i think is a nice weapon as well for for todd Gurley. Uh, Ryan, todd so. Gurley had some some shines but he got injured i mean there's a lot yeah well it's, you know todd Gurley at this point is not a workhorse but still mm. nice piece to have and, and they'll add to that i'm sure um, but yeah, I think he's out. Um, they were offered a second round pick at the draft apparently, and they were trying to hold out for a first round pick, but it appears as though that's kind of, because everyone knows Atlanta's up against the cap, that's kind of, um, that's kind of what the market's going to be because no one's going to reach for it because they know that between June 1st and the ops and, and spring training, there's a specific date, of course, of which I don't remember on the show. Do you, do you think if that uh, wasn't the date, though, he would have gotten a first? I th- if, if if they weren't up against the cap, they they have a better chance of getting a first. I think a team uh, that sees themselves as a weapon away might do it. You know what I mean? Because, like, who are you drafting in the first round? That's Julio Jones for the next four or five years, right? So, yeah. Uh, what I'd love to see Julio going to Green Bay. So, of course, you'd love to see that. Uh, and it's funny you mentioned that, Eagle, because you're doing the excellent job of transitioning to the next topic. Um, the, the the rumor now is, and I don't know if this is an actual rumor or just fans sort of uh, putting the pieces together. The fans saying, you know, if you trade him to the, the Packers, uh, that's a weapon that might keep Aaron Rodgers happy. Aaron Rodgers finally addressed the press on Kenny Main's last show on ESPN, which is kind of Kenny Main dropping his dick on the table. Let's have a look. With, yeah, with my situation, look, it's it's never been about, uh, you know, never been about the draft pick, uh, picking Jordan. I love Jordan. He's a great kid. Um, you know, he, he a lot of fun to, to work together. Uh, I love coaching staff, love my teammates, you know, love the fan base in Green Bay. It's incredible, incredible 16 years. It's just kind of about a, a, a philosophy, you know, and and maybe forgetting that it is about the people that make the thing go. It's about it's about character. It's about culture. It's about doing things the right way. And a lot of this was put in motion last year, and uh, the wrench was just kind of thrown into it when I won MVP and played uh, the way I played last year. So this is just kind of, I think, uh, the, the spill out of all that. But, look, man, it is about the people, and that's the most important thing. Green Bay has always been about the people, from Curly Lambeau uh, being owner and founder to the 60s with Lombardi and Bart Starr and all those incredible names to the 90s teams with Coach Holmgren and Farvey and the Minister of Defense to the, the run that we've been on. It's about it's about the people. 
I mean, you couldn't have said it better from a guy. He's from California, but he sounds like he has like a southern accent. That's why I'm always confused with Aaron Rodgers. Anyway, uh, but he's he hasn't said anything wrong in all of this, and somehow some people paint him as the villain. He, yeah, I mean, and, but he hasn't yeah. said anything at all until this interview. But even at that, even what he said, like in this interview, he said, "Listen, I like the coaching staff. I like everything. It's just that it seems like their philosophy is a little skewed, and I don't want any part of that." And Aaron Rodgers is. We've seen it in his personal relationships and his in his family, uh, the way he's conducted himself. He does not give a shit about what you think of him. He's if he feels that something's wrong, he's gonna end it, and that's basically what he's been doing his entire life. And you can't you can't fault him for living that way when most people would do the same thing. If I'm working, if I have a job that I don't like their philosophy, I'm gonna quit that job. Yeah, right? it's the same well, thing. We, we you know. We, we, we have, you know, our sort of philosophy and, and our methodology uh, at Hot Sauce Sports. You know, our, our one of our first partners didn't see eye to eye. We're still all on good terms. It's all good. Like He still gets know? his guests once in a while? Yeah, and, and, and we, had, we had a writer walk away. That that kind of stuff happens in an organization of any type. Well, Whether I mean, that, that writer. I mean, whatever. <laughs> but uh, just to say. Um, Let me start on that guy. We, you know, like th- these kinds of things happen in an organization. You're not yeah. always going to see eye to eye. You're not always going to, you're not always going to be, uh, sort of on the same page. And you know, in that organization, it appears as though he feels there's there's a fundamental difference between how um the the Packers see their future and how he sees his future. And I don't, I don't think to his point, like we've all made it about player personnel, right? We've made it about how. The, the you know for years and years and years he's had you know sort of one good receiver uh you know no one ever particularly uh great in the way that we expect like they never drafted a guy like Julio Jones right who was supposed to be the the the, the immediate threat when he walked into the league um but we've made it about that he's just basically saying look they're making decisions it doesn't seem as though they're decisions that work well um if I'm going to be the quarterback of this team I don't think we're we can work together in the future. You know, that, that, that's all it seems to me. So can we read between the lines and figure out what the direction the uh, the GM and the, the exec office wants to go in that's such a different thing here? Like, are they going oh, they into almost extend, like transition slash rebuild five, mode? They don't want to extend them another five years. Isn't that it? Like, Yeah, but but why don't they want to? Like, I, yeah, are they rebuilding? What yeah. they're, they're, they want to go into what they want to either win right now and then go rebuild almost right away, right? It's got to be that. So I think that... Um, the Packers kind of got lucky. So I was having this conversation, and we'll talk about hockey in a little bit. But I was having this conversation with with uh, Christian Justin Galvez, one of our guys from um, Healthy Scratch, and I was saying that um, you know, a lot of teams sort of build up these very great teams with mediocre goaltending. But in my lifetime, I went from basically you know with very little in between um, Patrick Roy to to Carey Price, right, as being the the goaltender in the city. Green Bay is one of the few cities, other than like you know uh, Indianapolis or Pittsburgh, where they kind of went from quarterback to quarterback. Um, you know, San, they, San Diego. Well, well, yeah, but I mean, it's 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 uncommon uh, to see a team basically draft a guy, groom him, and he he then becomes the next Hall of Fame quarterback. Like that's, that's what Jordan Love is walking into, right? Like if anything, he has to not love the fact that he got drafted by the Packers. Yeah. Uh, given he this, must be, he's he, he must be like there's too way too much pressure right now. He's got to be at least as good as Aaron Rodgers, if he, not. Better. He has to hit, he has to win one MVP at least, and if yeah. he doesn't, it's an automatic fail. Has Brett Favre ever won the league MVP? 
Or did he? He didn't. Even, he didn't even win the Super Bowl MVP when he when they yeah. won the Super Bowl. I don't think he won the MVP. He has the most interceptions and most touchdowns of all time. Like it's fucking pretty crazy. Well, not anymore. Uh, Tom Brady passed him for most touchdowns, but Tom Brady had to play seventy nine years in order to do it. But yeah, I mean, listen, listen, the Packers. I think they're on a, like a rebuild mode, but they're too scared to say. He it, won just the like MVP the three times. Brett Favre. 97, 90, uh, 95, 96, 97. Oh, okay. but wait, was it back then? I think they just did NFC, AFC MVPs, right? I don't think they had Probably, an NFC. Probably, yeah. Oh, okay, that makes sense, yeah. Because that was like Primo, Emmett Smith, Barry Sanders. Um, who else was playing? But Steve Young was back then. There's a lot of guys back then. I mean, I'm, I could be wrong. I have no idea. Um, but like I was saying, that like the Habs, like them, like, it seems like they can never admit they're doing a rebuild. For the Packers, if they just say, yeah, you know, we're getting younger, we want to be able to build another dynasty for another 10 years, then I don't think the fan base in Green Bay, who are loyal to a fault almost, is I don't think they should be saying anything. And Eagle, as a Packers fan, I think you would appreciate a little transparency. The same thing happened in Chicago this year with the Blackhawks is where the uh, uh, they come out, the Chicago Blackhawks front office comes out and says, yeah, we're rebuilding. Then Jonathan Taves, the captain, Evander Kane, best American hockey player of all time, come out and they're like, well, we didn't know they were rebuilding. They didn't tell any of the vets that they're rebuilding. Yeah. You know but nice I mean? to know. Yeah. Um, let's let's just shitty. take a look at Kenny Means' uh, last words in the interview and last words uh, at ESPN after uh, being told to take a 61% pay cut before deciding to go their separate ways. Fucking Kenny Means, the last best. Last time we did the interview together, you told me to go heavy in the cryptocurrency game. I did. Uh, we're down 40%. Then I lost my job. Gretchen just wants a new comforter. <laughs> you, Aaron Rodgers. I love it, man. The Kenny Mane. He's that was, the only guy. That in the tribute because I think a lot of what we do, uh, man, when Kenny Mane started working for ESPN, the sports were taken so seriously. Yeah. People forgot that sports are supposed to be for fun. And man, I don't know if we ever get the idea of doing a show like this, if I, not for a guy like Kenny Mayne breaking down barriers as early as he did. I looked forward to the main event every Sunday, NFL yeah. Countdown. I, just that five minutes. I looked forward to that five minutes every Sunday. The guy is he's amazing, man. He's just he knows it. He's one of the only guys at ESPN that actually un, like gets how life works. Everybody takes himself so seriously, you know. Like there's Scott Van Pelt who's great. There's, she, there's Shef, uh, Adam Schefter who's great too. But for the most part, if you look at Stephen Jones, like yeah, he plays a Stephen Jones, Stephen um, Smith. Stephen Smith. He, yeah, he plays like a role, like a character. But like Max Kellerman takes himself too seriously. Like all their main people, they're pretty like straight edge, boring. Like they don't get it. But Kenny Maine gets it like he gets what the world needs and he gives it to us the and world you know is what good for, him. good for him that he's yeah. gone lebertard's gone too you know what espn but it seems like all the all the people who were just having fun they're, 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 they're on a rebuild or, or, they're on they're yeah. on a rebuild <laughs> no and nobody they, told they didn't tell any of their staff <laughs> they didn't tell any of their staff uh we've been putting up some live streams for some hockey games and i say it every time um, this is my favorite time of the year for sports. The NHL playoffs and the NBA playoffs, if you have multiple screens like all of us do, it is the best. Um, I'm having a great time. Honestly, um, our halves are down, um, and it looks like they're pretty much down and out. But um, still, still been a great playoff season overall. Um, have you caught any of the uh, Florida and uh, Tampa series? You know, that's the only series where I haven't watched a minute. The really? only series, yeah, but apparently it's been pretty crazy. I mean, I've seen the highlights. I just haven't watched them live. 
I was hyped by it because I just I, I I liked a lot of what the Panthers were doing this season, and um, it was kind of exciting to see them, you know, get back to the Van Beesbrook Van Beesbrook era, uh, where they the last time they were great basically like twenty years ago, like any other team in Miami other than the Heat. Um, but it was. Um, it didn't. It hasn't really gone their way, and there was something in common I found between sort of the Canadians, uh, the Canadian series, and the Florida Panthers series is that both these teams seem to be quote unquote ahead of schedule, right? Um, neither team had a lot of expectations coming into the season. Montreal a little bit more because of what happened in the bubble. People forget how bad they were before the bubble uh, happened and before they upset Pittsburgh last year. But in general. This was a team that's sort of, you know, supposed to be young, you know, starting to phase out the older talent and starting to bring up the newer talent. And then they brought uh, in three old guys. And then they brought in a bunch of old guys because in Montreal, you, you can't just rebuild. Um, but the, the 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 series starts. And uh, Cole, uh, Cole Caulfield doesn't play in the first game. Something I didn't understand because he was great at the end of the season. And now seeing him play in the last couple of games... He looks absolutely impressive. He's a um, and then solid player. The this I see something similar in the Florida Panthers trot out Bobrovsky, where we all knew he wasn't going to play well. He hadn't been playing well for most of the season. Fine, you're going to go Drieger. I get it. Uh, Drieger also chased, um, and then after Spencer Knight allows the first goal, he stops the next 36 shots. And was essentially ins- insanely great. And I don't understand how the baby boomer logic of the NHL executives of, um, you know, he can't bring in the young guys, experience wins. It's a new era, is it not? Like, is it? Is am I, am I just wrong as the as the hockey outsider here? No, the thing is, is that a lot of people, like let's say Caulfield, who get drafted, Caulfield is is an example. Like, he's a weird example in this case. But a lot of guys, they play in the NCAA, and you know, they they mature in college, and then they come in at twenty two, twenty three, and they're ready right away. So the league is getting a lot younger. There's no more like thirty, like very rarely you'll find like a thirty six year old guy that makes an impact. On a team in the playoffs, you know what I mean. You want your vets in there for sure, but a guy like Caulfield, how the fuck is he not playing in the first game? And then you put him in the last five minutes when you're down two one in the second game. So what are you trying to tell this kid? Like you're not good enough for the playoffs? About hey, I need a goal. I need you in there. Like go fuck yourself. You know what I mean? Like that's the that's the part that bothers me the most is if you're gonna if you're gonna say okay, you know he's not ready for the playoffs, then fine, be consistent. But clearly the kid has a fucking knack for the net. Fucking put him in there, man. Put him like the Habs suck he, this year. He's the only fucking shining light. He's been their best player in the series as well. Uh, he's the only one that tr- seemingly tries to make something happen. It's it's been it's been frustrating to watch. They're, uh, but, They're completely outmatched, completely uh, which is outmatched. fine. Like we ex- we knew that, and the thing is, it's not like anyone realistically expected Montreal to make a deep run. Um, so, if that's the case, what's the harm in putting like? What's going to harm this guy's career other than getting the experience that no. he apparently needs? Yeah, exactly. So not only that, it's like next year, it's like, okay, what if he did, what if Ducharme decided not to play him this year? And then next year, it's like, oh, well, you know, uh, Caulfield didn't play in the playoffs last year. So, like, put him in this year. Expectations are very low. You know, you're playing with house money at this point. Except put all, Yeah, except Absurd. <laughs> put, put all three of them, put all three of them in, all three of the young guys in. You know what I mean? Suzuki, KK, and fucking uh, Caulfield. Put Caulfield on a line with Suzuki and Perry, and you'll see what's going to happen. 
you know, some yeah. magic might happen. You know what I mean? It's just it's it's, fu- it's frustrating to watch. And you know, I like Ducharme as a coach. I hope that he sticks around and he's able to figure it out and that we see some success. I wish no, I, I only wish success for Ducharme and the Habs. But it's just, it's frustrating to see what the just some of the weird decisions that he's been making so far. But just you know, and Ducharme was supposed to be the progressive one, right? Like that's why they brought him up. They're really excited about him, and then he does the same thing. That all the old coaches do, right? So that that's kind of frustrating. They sit on the um, Speaking of things looking like they're going to change and staying the same, the New York Knicks. <laughs> I kind of felt bad. Julius Randle, unfortunately, was terrible in this first playoff game. Derrick Rose played out of his mind. Uh, but in the end, Trey Young, New York's new villain, very reminiscent of Reggie Miller. Um, Boy, in that's the, that's true of all time. Not the best shooter of all time. Trey yeah. Young's a far away a better shooter than Reggie Miller, but no, he's not. Uh, Do, he fucking take that back. I'm, I'm got, throwing. Like I'm throwing my pen at you. Good player. Take it uh, back. But, but aside from like actual, uh, you know, ability and whatnot, Reggie Miller breathed life into that series back in the day, and and Trey Young's kind of done that by shushing the crowd as they treat, you know, as they showered him with f bombs. And then we get Mayor Bill de Blasio, the mayor of New York City, Bill who famously wore an open shirt with a Nets jersey under it last week. Here's his response to Trey Young. This is about basketball. I have an important official announcement. Uh, this is very serious. We want to get this out. Uh, message to Trey Young uh, on behalf of the people of New York City and, and anyone who cares about actually playing basketball the right way. Stop hunting for fouls, Trey. Uh, I want to quote Steve Nash, one of the great player, great coach. He says, quote, unquote, that's not basketball. Trey, Trey, that hawk's not going to fly in New York City. Come on. Play the game the right way. See if you can win. I think the Knicks are going to teach you a lesson. He's lost so many points. This is about basketball. The cringe is real. Yeah, build the cringio. He's lost so many points. With the New York, with the New York faithful, because of all the lockdowns and all that shit, that he's he's really cringy when he's trying to get them all back now. For you wearing a Nets jersey the other day, now he's wearing a Knicks jersey. I don't, a Knicks hat. I don't mind that because he's the mayor of New York, not the mayor of New York City, not yeah. of Manhattan. You know what I mean? So, um, I don't mind that at all. What I mind is that he's he's using the reference of the rival team of who he's defending, of the coach of who he's defending. He used the reference of the quote from Steve Nash, who's the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets, not the New York Knicks. I just find that that part is a little bit weird to me. I find it. But I'll I give him a pass. I'll it always pass. tickles me when the old white guy quotes the other white guy to tell the black guy how to play the game the white way. And that, <laughs> that's all I heard. I thought that was hilarious. Um, like, no. In a floss, act like I, I, you've before. And then Trey Young's basically saying, fuck you, I just sunk your teeth. Yeah, yeah, like, go fuck yourself. He's, he's, you see what he said in the hallway? He's like, it's a little quiet out there. It's a little quiet. <laughs> Trey Young is fucking sick, man. That guy is I, so I will say, I think, I think Trey Young, the only reason he's getting so much heat from Knicks fans is that hair is terrible. Like, bring it on home, man. Just, just trim it down. It, we're in the era. We're in the era where bald heads are cool. Michael Jordan made it cool first. You're gonna be there within two seasons anyway, Trey. Come on, let's do it. Your hair looks ridiculous. It's looked ridiculous since you got drafted. Um, one quick thing before we get to uh, the, the the interview. Um, I was wrong. It seems about the Nets. Um, they're murdering Boston on both sides of the ball. Playing defense. I don't know if it's just Boston being atrocious because they are. Um, 
Boston looks complete. A lot of, and I said this last week. A lot of the teams that made deep runs last season in the bubble are they look kind of beleaguered this this season. Yeah. Um, Boston's the best example of that, but also losing Jalen Brown, especially defensively. There's nothing that they can do. Um, it was it was the best game to be betting on hot streak. Um, I know Terry, you've been on more of a cold streak recently. I was on fire last night betting that game during our live stream. So. Um, Guys, if you want to make some money, do download Hot Streak. They will absolutely uh, match your first deposit. Uh, of course, the deposit is given to you in gambling tokens to be earned as you play. And it's been fun. It's you want to you want to put in some bets about uh, you know some props, player props. Who's going to get under half a point? Who's going to get over half a rebound? Or whatever, whatever you want to tie together. Uh, one guy from one team, one guy in the opposite team. 180 seconds. It's a lot of fun. It's especially a lot of fun when you can just pick on the Boston Celtics because you know they're going to do nothing. Uh, so just go on a bunch of unders on them, a bunch of overs on Brooklyn, and you should you should get a lot of a lot of wins in one night. So I just I I, I just bet. I just made another bet right now. Joel Embiid and Bertans to get uh, rebounds each, one rebound each. Yeah, I have I have a Bertans reference coming later in this show. Oh. Uh, we'll talk about that uh, when we get to rapid fire. Uh, but for now, we're gonna take a quick break. Uh, after our interview, once we get to rapid fire, uh, Terry will update us with regards to his bet. For now, however, uh, we're gonna be talking to wrestler Frankie Varillo of Torture Chamber. And we're back and doing the show actually in order for once, but it doesn't matter because it's not a live show. Uh, joining myself, Pete Delores, and Terry Tam on uh, our Hot Street guest line uh, is joining us is Frankie Varillo, wrestler um, in Torture Chamber, perhaps the greatest name of any wrestling federation ever. Um, it kind of makes like WWE seem kind of like you know, kind of for babies, right? Like, exactly. Torture exactly. Chamber, you know, shit's going down. Three people die every show. That's at a given. At least, yeah. It's true. Yeah. I saw a show once and three people died. Yeah. But it's they didn't always really, It's always three. And they didn't really do anything about it. They just kind of, like, dragged them off and put them under the there ring. There we go. There we go. I wonder what the smell was when I walked in, but it was... I thought Stefan Paulet farted because of all the it, protein It might have just been me. It might have just been me. Just your whole thing? Your whole body? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your whole aura? <laughs> Once a week, once a week, it's on Thursdays, and the shows are on Sundays. So by then, yeah, I, I reek. So what's your what's your finishing move? Uh, my finishing move is I jump off the top rope, catch the guy into a DDT, and swing 180 degrees to pin him to the ground. Who did so that? So it's uh, who used to do it's that? A, it's a little a little scary if the guy's smaller than me, which is pretty much never. Uh, <laughs> it's not something I do. Uh, luckily for me, the guys are always bigger, so I'm not scared of them catching me. So we uh, we have Stefan uh, Stefan Paulson. He's been on the show a couple of times. He's a good friend of mine. Awesome. And, awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's he's a great wrestler. A great wrestler. So what what would you be? What would be your call out to him if you wanted to call him out right now? My call out to him, uh, honestly, if if it were to face him, I tell him just that he's he's just too damn good and too complicated, and I just I just need to shut him up. But as a friend, <laughs> I say, hey, how's it going? You're a good guy. Hey, but, how are uh, you? Down inside, I hate everyone. So you know, it is what it is. <laughs> You have that old wrestling what, hate. One of the things, yeah. one of the things I always find most interesting uh, about wrestlers is when you're coming up with your with your alter ego, with your identity, uh, you know, with your character. Uh, I like to know about the ones that didn't make the cut. So tell us about how you formed your character, and then also like give us the worst one. Looking back, you're like, 
Yeah, thank God I didn't go with that one. That one's pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> to to be honest, uh, I I never really gave myself a character. It's just the guy you see out there is me. And I guess I kind of change with the times. And it honestly goes with my mood. There's days where I, I'm motivated and I want to be there. There's days where I'm tired. The kids pissed me off all night. So I'll be just a little bit angrier. But obviously, uh, you know, I, I'm Frankie Varillo. So it's me. Uh, maybe amplified a tad, but at the end of the day, you'll get me. Yes, there's been versions of me early on where, uh, you know, I'm not sure what I'm doing. You bump into the guy and you have that that wide stare, like, oh, what the hell do we do next? But at the end of the day, you know, uh, I, I'm me. I, we've had we've had other possibilities before I started wrestling where I was supposed to be this kind of like, this like grit, evil, weird, like aggressive guy, but I, I'm, I'm pretty laid back. So it's kind of hard for me to go out there and pretend I'm a hick. But, you know, it is what it is. So I'm just, I'm out there, I'm me, I'm angry. Uh, if you look at me the wrong way, I might just, you know, tell you to go fuck yourself. Uh, very politely, because we're not, you know, it's a family show. We don't swear. Yes, of course. Uh, you know, we're, uh, the, the chamber is very, uh, it's very good for that. And for a guy like I've me. I thought that the torture chamber just screams family show. Like yeah, me, I, mean, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. It's uh, I, I get what you're saying, but it's it's very family oriented. Uh, you can go there and not really, you know, have to worry about your kids seeing things they don't need to see. It's not true that three people die a show. That was just me trying to get some views. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it is what it is. It's uh, like I said, I've never had any failed characters. I haven't been wrestling for uh, you know 20 years either. But uh, you know, if if we're lucky, this is gonna be my failed character. That's that's the dream. That's the dream. Yeah, it's the dream. It's the dream. The dream is to fail. So who do, who do you? Uh, I mean, obviously, a wrestling fan growing up. I don't think there's any young male in North America that wasn't a wrestling fan growing up. So who did who who were your guys? Who was like who were your inspirations? Who are the guys that you followed all the time? The 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 yeah. The inspirations are the the Bret Hart's, the Shawn Michaels, the Owen Hart's, the Chris Jericho's. Uh, obviously, my 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 biggest youngest memories are guys like Hulk Hogan. You know, Royal Rumble ninety ninety one. Uh, you know, he's the one who, I guess, opened my eyes to the sport, but it's, it's the little guys that moved and that, you know, that they were very articulate in the ring. Those are the guys that kind of, uh, that drew me in, you know, like I said, the Jerichos, all that, the Owens, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it comes down the big guys has never, never been my thing. Cause I, I, I can't relate. So you, so it's funny you said that about the small guys is that I always appreciated the small because because they were always the more entertaining when you saw them in the ring. The bigger guys were always, you know, maybe they're better on the mic or they had big moves, you know, slap like a, a tombstone or whatever. You know what I mean? But a guy to me that that never really got the respect he deserved was in the WCW. It was Billy Kidman. Yeah, yeah. Billy Kidman. He was, Kid- that he was- star press. Yeah, he was. Uh, he yeah. was something. He was something. I'll, I'll I'll admit he's a guy that kind of like came to me a little later. Uh, I was a Monday Night Raw guy, so the WCW guys, I wasn't all that... Uh, I mean, I was familiar with them, but they weren't my, my of cup of tea type thing. The show always seemed a little low budget, despite yeah. it not being. I mean, the money was there, but it was just... Yeah. It was uh, that weird feel to it. But yeah, it Kidman looked was grungy. absolute... It, sorry? It, 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 it looked grungy. In the, uh, in yeah, the, uh, yeah. the Monday Night Wars, you wouldn't ever switch back to Nitro? No, I was that... uh, to, to be honest, I watched Monday Night Raw on TSN... And the, the, the prime time, the morning Monday Night Wars, I'm, this is, you know, 97, 98, so I'm yeah. 10, 11. Uh, I'm not really, I don't oh, even yeah, have to get older than everyone on earth. What's that? <laughs> I keep forgetting that I'm super old. Yeah, it's, it's just, I, to be honest, I don't even think my parents had the channel that played Nitro back in the day. 
Fair, fair, fair. So, what, yeah, was, what was it back in the day? I don't what even know. I know it was. I know it played. I think Tuesdays at four p.m. for a while. Yeah. yeah. But it's one of those things where it's either I wasn't aware, or I just you know didn't cover. I used to watch Arthur on PBS, so it was all about Arthur, man. Well, I think it was TNT because what's his name owned it. Uh, it is. It was initially on TNT. I don't know who had the Canadian broadcast. Yeah, that's right. Talk about the Canadian. I think it was TSN uh, on the Tuesdays. But it yeah. was uh, by the time I caught on, we were talking about NWO Black and Silver. Yeah. So you got Jim Garrett, uh, you know Scott Steiner. Yeah. And those were the extremely garbage years. <laughs> oh, you didn't like them. I mean, I, I, individually, yeah. But the oh, concept okay. of having fourteen different NWOs was just like. Yeah, it got, another, another it got thing to be I, like. Uh, sorry, go. Peter. Go ahead, Terry. Go, go, go ahead. No, I was gonna say it got to be like uh, the end of the Spider-Man cartoon show where everyone was a clone, like the, yeah, the kind of. Yeah, about that. Forgot about that one. All the NWOs. Yeah, what I was gonna say is that it it became a little ridiculous that like there was so there was like twenty half ninety percent of the roster was on was an NWO member. That's exactly point. it. Yeah. Yeah, that was the ridiculous part. But that was that was just. You could tell that back in the day, WWE had much better writers than WCW. WCW was like, we have the money. We can do whatever the fuck we want. Exactly, yeah. Even and, though the WCW yeah. went off to buy the WWF writers, and we all know how that ended up. Yeah, not really well. Too, not, not that too, not well. Um, but, I mean, I was, I was the same thing as you. I didn't really I, – I followed WCW because, you know, you kind of had to. They had some big names, and I, it, was, it was fun. Like, Juventud Guerrero back in the day was, was in WCW, so I like to watch him. Like I mentioned, Billy, Billy Kidman – uh, we thought NWO was like super yeah. famous thing. Like well, NWO you was. Like, you had guys like Alex Wright. Alex Wright was a joke because of his dance, but the the dude was insane in the ring. Like he knew what he was doing. That Disco Inferno you're talking about, right? Well, there was Disco Inferno, but there's the, the Alex Wright used to do that uh, that weird oh, dance. Oh yes, yes, yes. Guy. Yeah. I forgot about him. He was man. really good, but he was just known as that that idiot who danced, and that was about it. He One thing I'm always curious about is how. Um, how people get into wrestling in the first place. I, I, in general, I've never understood combat sports. Terry, Terry does uh, jujitsu. I've never wanted to get hit, so I, yeah. it's never been really been my thing. But specifically, sort of wrestling, sort of where where athletics meets theatrics. Like, what got you into that? How did you start your your uh, your path on onto wrestling? Yeah, it's to be honest that, like most people my age, there was that that backyard wrestling phase. Where you're, you know, breaking your back for absolutely no reason other than yeah. the fun of it. Uh, I, I had tried a wrestling school when I was 16. Uh, it wasn't much of a school. It was just this weird guy who claimed he was a wrestler and made me train in a boxing ring. And uh, mm-hmm. I took such a beating that day that, like, my mom just, just like begged me, "Please don't go back. I don't like seeing you like this." So I was <laughs> like, "Okay, uh, you know, I won't go back." Was the beating I took? I was like, oh, "Is it worth it?" And then, mm-hmm. you know, give or take eight years later, I'm 24. I moved out. I don't need my mom's approval anymore. Uh, I decided to uh, start looking up. My uh, One of my cousins uh, had gone into contact with uh, Drew Onyx, which is the head the trainer at uh, the best. Torture Chamber Pro Dojo, and um, gave him a call, decided to go for it, and uh, never looked back. Never looked back. Yeah, Drew Onyx, is a, he's a legend in the city, man. And it's uh, he was also a good football player, too. And the yeah. thing about Drew Onyx is that like, he's a big guy, but fucking, he, he can move. Uh, he Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, man. Uh, he, he's, uh, he's someone I've tagged with. I faced him once, and uh, you don't want to get speared by him. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm three feet tall. I weigh 120 pounds wet. Uh, yeah, I, I don't want to die. I don't so, want to die. 
Did you ever get a chance to train with uh, Kevin Owens? I know he was kind of affiliated a long time ago with uh, uh, Torture. No, he's been to the chamber a few times, but um, he he happened to be there every single time I wasn't there, yeah. which um, I guess kind of goes with the person I am. I'm a bit of a family-oriented person, so I'm, I wasn't at the classes as often as I should have been. Uh, to be honest, if it wasn't for Drew kicking me in the ass, I might have never you know, reached where I wanted to be. Uh, I'm a, you know, sometimes I could be a bit on the lazy side. I wouldn't want to go. And one day he told me, dude, you're wrestling June 21st, 2014. Be fucking ready. And I'm like, oh shit, I got two months to get this shit going. I got no boots, no pants. Uh, so I was all in. It's, uh, I, I know guess you. when you say you dive in, I dove in and, uh, that's it. Yeah. I've seen your outfit, but describe your outfit to the people listening. Uh, my outfit are just, uh, plain blue uh, tights with four white stars on each side. I got the classic uh, Mr. Perfect white boots with the FV um, uh, initials on it. And uh, I got black knee pads and I'll alternate between the high red uh, socks or the high black socks. So sometimes I'll wear one red and one black. Yeah, throw, throw people off. Exactly, exactly. I love it, man. I, so, love, I love the different kinds of outfits. Please. If someone's uh, catching up the Torture Chamber now, what are like the main storylines people should look out for? Do you guys have well, them to carry? Obviously, the storylines of, uh, you know, they, they've taken a hit in the last year, year and a couple months because of COVID. Um, mm -hmm. You know, but uh, any storyline that's, uh, you know, concerning the NWA Canadian Tag Team Champions, which is the Night Train Express, you got Mustafa and uh, Jordan, like, uh, not Jordan, sorry, Stefan, like we were uh -huh. talking about earlier. Uh, those guys are absolutely insane. Everybody that goes after them for those titles, uh, it, those are very interesting stories. Uh, anything involving, uh, you know, uh, Mike Marston, uh, Drew Onyx, can't go wrong. Uh, towards the end, I was tagging with uh, Kevin Bryan. Uh, we're uh, heels, a bit on the goofy side, a little bit uh, maladroit, like we say in French. Uh, we find ways to win despite, you know, being a little bit uh, offset. And uh, we kind of like blend in well, despite not necessarily having the perfect timing type thing. So when I came to see you, you looked right at Stefan Pole's son and like told him like, was it you? I'm pretty sure it was you. It was Mr. or Mr. Wonderful. And you looked right at me. You said something to him. If I bring my nephew, he's a little, he's sometimes a little, he's a little weasel. Can you just like tell him off? I would love to. All right, let's it's, do it. It's, 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 there's nothing I love more than, you know, going out there and, and letting it all out. Making uh, a little I kid cry. Sometimes I've, I've, you know, been, that depends what, you, what, what I'm told. I can get a little aggressive. <laughs> I can go after the wrong people. Uh, but, you know, I'm a father now, so I kind of ah. try not to, aim after the parents, but at the same time, uh, there's often times where I hate my own kids, so it's uh, it's really easy to hate somebody else's kid, or, or their <laughs> nephew, for that matter, you know? Next time my godson uh, tramples through my garden, um, I'm going to bring him to one of the events, and you can you can do whatever you like, Frankie, it's all yours. Make him uh -huh. wear a very obvious hat, and I'll, I'll have fun with him. <laughs> for sure. What's, what's, uh, what's going on in terms of uh, you guys now, like, I would imagine you haven't been able to do events because of COVID. Or is it, are the restrictions still applicable? The restrictions, uh, they're they're still there. I'm, uh, you know, I contact Drew every now and then, find out what's going on. Uh, I know that the practices are starting to, you know, uh, open up sooner rather than later. I don't have a date because, uh, you know, even the government isn't really like too uh, stable on their predictions. So it's one of those things where, uh, you know. Going in the ring, there's not much happening right now, but uh, you know, 
I guess I'm keeping up for myself, whether it's, you know, lifting a bit of weights, running, watching a hell of a lot of DVDs. Uh, there's a good chance that even after having a year and plus off, uh, I might have like one of my best matches coming back. Cause I'm like, I can't wait to get in there and either give or take the beating. It's all, it's all good for me, you know? So Pease and I, we, we would be a good tag team, but we, we wouldn't wrestle. So we, we call ourselves the hot saucers. And yeah. but we, we'd be those guys that like always like at the end of the fight, we come in and like beat somebody up and then run through the crowd. Like that's what yeah. we do. Is yeah. there a place for that in 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 uh, torture chamber? But we don't want to do any of the practices and like work on our cardio and stuff. We just want to do that. The, the, there's a place for you if you want a legitimate beating. Yes. You have You got to give it your all. You got you got to come to these practices and because you, you if you want to go in front of that crowd and you'll you'll get a few hits in. But if you just you just hit the rope wrong. You'll be limping for oh, two you're weeks. Fucked. Yeah, yeah. You're I agree. yeah. What I was thinking is, you know, we show up, we do the whole walk down to the ring, and yeah. then um, just as we're supposed to get started, we give someone a suitcase full of cash, and they yeah. win the fight for us. Okay. Kind yeah, of like just two randos in the crowd. Yeah. So they would have to get in for you. Yeah. Yeah. We exactly. we, we coach them from the outside. Yeah, they don't fucking stand a chance. We want all the glory and none of the work. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I could pitch the idea. There's a good chance yeah. it won't happen, <laughs> but I can pitch it for sure. Okay, how about this? How about this? We had Frankie a suitcase full of cash. He jumps off the if top If we had anybody a suitcase of cash, it, it's me for sure. All right, cool. It's we'll give it to you, sure. Frankie. Yeah. So or or we like we walk down, we do the whole walk, we celebrate, we rile people up, people are cheering, yeah, hot saucers. And then all of a sudden we just like pees like pretends he pulled his back and I and I, I'm like I'm holding, I'm like, ah, oh, you can't do it, and then we walk away and then and then the <laughs> and then the ref just comes in and like lifts the other guy's hands up and yeah. that's basically well, our shtick. That's a good shtick. Yeah. Well so then yeah, so you guys are pretty much gonna lose every fight. Yeah, it's no, fine. but we're injured, so we're not really losing. Okay, okay. We're withdrawing so, yeah, we're actually just... undefeated. We're actually undefeated. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, you're yeah. lost. So it's a good story. No, it's a good. It's, it's a, good a fantastic story. I'm sure it'll yeah. go nowhere, but it's a fantastic <laughs> story. And there's, there's a good chance that I won't even have to fake pulling my back. It'll happen anyway. Oh, yeah, so. we're, we're at we're at that age for sure. Yeah, yeah sure. Ankles. Sure. I'll roll my. I ankles. can't even brush my teeth without pulling my neck. Yeah, <laughs> that's what yeah. You, if the, you take the suitcase of cash, you get someone to brush your teeth for you. Yeah. Uh, that's a good idea. I forgot oh, I have a girlfriend. Frank, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to being able to catch you soon. Uh, hopefully, we'll get you back on uh, as we get closer and closer to things reopening. Uh, sure. That way, you have a sh- when you have a show to promote, we'll be happy to do it for you. We love what you guys are doing uh, in Torture Chamber. Again, oddly named for a family venture, but it is absolutely a family venture. Um, it is, is an exciting place to be. You don't have to worry about anything. Wor- worst case, I'll spit in their face. But you know. That's that's all. Oh, right. I would definitely want you to spit in my nephew's face. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I wouldn't do that though. Yeah, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to do anything to others that I don't want done to me. So and you'll have you'll have nightmares. <laughs> yeah. No. 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 I just see other people do it on the net, and I and I get these 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 not panic attacks, but I just get anxious of the thought of like that's just too far. That's just too far. You're officially you're, you're officially the third wrestler I've interviewed. So there's been you. There's been Stefan Paulin and Bret Hart. I actually entered Bret Hart. Interviewed Bret Hart. Insane. Yeah, on a radio show that I hosted years ago, and uh, I I wish I could find that copy, but that radio station was so like unorganized, they for sure lost it. How, how how was that, Terry? I've often heard he's a bit ornery in interviews. He's not oh, always he pleasant. Was, he was so dry, and I fucked up at one point. I said because we were talking about the thing with uh, Owen Hart, 
Uh, it was when he did the, the documentary. I forgot what it was called. And uh, it was uh, yeah. Dark Side of the Ring, could it be? Shadows. Um... Shadow, yeah, uh, In the Shadows or something like that. Oh, fuck, I forgot what it was called. Anyway, it was a great documentary. It was about with Shadows. Yeah. Messing with Shadows. And uh, it was the one where Owen Hart, it was a documentary about how Owen Hart fell and he, and he, and he died. And uh, at one point I asked him, I go, do you think the proper precautions were taken? Like, what happened? He's like, well, of course, the proper Wrestling precautions were Wrestling with Shadows taken. was the name of it, 1998. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes, well, of course, there was no precautions. They weren't taken. They weren't taken properly or else my brother would be alive. And I felt really bad. Yeah. yeah that was the end of the subjects that it's, It was such a freak accident that no matter, no matter how you, you come with the conversation, it's... You know, it's it wasn't a move. It wasn't uh, a car wreck. It was it was one of these stunts that happened twice in 30 years. And one of those two times, it just went horribly, horribly wrong. It's tough. It's tough. And uh, he just had a he he was bitter with the WWE at that point. So I think he was just looking for any reason to like kind of hate on them. Anyway, that's what it is. We appreciate you coming on. If people want to keep up with the comes and goings of Torture Chamber, where can they find that information? Uh, there's Facebook. You can look up Torture Chamber. There's Instagram. You can look up uh, TC Pro to- uh, Pro Dojo, uh, or uh, yeah, that's it. TC Pro Dojo. Just look up Torture Chamber. You can look it up on Google. You can find it on uh, YouTube. Uh, Drew Onyx has a Torture Chamber page on YouTube. There's got to be you know easily 20, 30, 40 matches uh, posted on there. Some of me, some you know, I don't just maybe five, six, seven of mine. There's, there aren't that many. But you guys want to see guys like Stefan, Drew. Uh, go for it. There's a, there's a ton. There's a ton. Yeah. I, I will put a little preface on this. If you're gonna Google it, definitely search torture chamber wrestling and not yeah. just regular torture chambers, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I that's think a that's a, I think that's just a problem for your uh, algorithm, Eagle. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Eagle, we it's all know like, what you do. I know. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we um, all know what Eagle so does yeah, in so the shadows. Check it out. We do have we do have the. Uh, we, it's going to be in the description of the podcast. We also have it on the screen. But, of course, there are people who just listen to the podcast as an audio medium. So we want to make sure they got the information. Frankie, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we'll talk soon. But as soon as we have uh, you know, another show to promote, we'll, we'd love to have you on. Uh, we'll get into more old school wrestling stories. I, I love that. Excellent. Thanks a lot, guys. Very yeah, appreciated. Fantastic. Have a good one. And we're back. That was an interview. I love talking to wrestlers. Uh, they're amongst my favorite guests because they're always entertaining. They they know that they're kind of always on. Even when they're not in character, they're always kind of in character. And that was the case with Frankie Verillo. Terry, how's your bet doing? Actually, it's a good... Oh, my bad. Awful radio. I just I got a notification that it uh, it closed, but I don't know what I got. Let's see. Take Let's see if Bertans and Embiid both got rebounds. And Bertans did not, so... Fuck you, Bertans. Goddamn ginger. Um, but if you want to bet on uh, Bertans and any other ginger, come up with a prop of your own. Hot Streak is the place to do it. Um, it's it's a great it's a great app. It's a ton of fun. Um, we we do it on our, all of our shows. Honestly, it's, it's a fun time. Um, if you like fantasy, you like daily fantasy. This is in game betting, so it's it's kind of a cross section of all of that. Um, I'm really enjoying it. So is Terry. I'm enjoying Terry losing, though. That's my favorite part of the app so far. Yes. Um, it's time for Rapid Fire Eagle. Let's do it. All right. Let's start with uh, Babbling Brooks. 
Despite Lefty winning the PGA Championship, the story this weekend was all about the rivalry between Brooks Kepka and uh, Bryson DeChambeau. This video where Kepka says, I fucking hate that guy, has been removed from the internet, but of course, Twitter has managed to find it and allow nope, us to... Nope, it's another video. It's actually been removed everywhere on Twitter. Oh, but really? But this is another okay. video between... This is one of the fans and trying to get on un- one of uh, sorry one of Kepka's fans trying to get under um, Deschambeau's skin. So this is the only other thing I can find. All right, Brooksy. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> Thank you. Should be able to clear that. Right? That's amazing. Oh, that's Whoever just called me Brooksy needs to get out of here. <laughs> But that's the thing is like Deshambo is like oh my god man like he's so tiring to listen to because he acts like he's this genius all he figured out was just hit the ball f- as far as possible all the time yeah and you all know, he, he figured had- out was a, a Roy's regime that wouldn't get caught no but he also like, well, excellent he also uh, like the whole the way it started was that uh, post uh, post around Kepka was doing an interview and it had to get cut at one point because as he was describing what it's like to putt. Bryson DeChambeau walks behind him and says, all you got to do is read the line. Like he says that he kind of like, he he mumbles it as he's walking behind Kepka in an interview. And you could probably find that. That's everywhere. And, no, it's uh, been, dude, it's been stripped from the internet. Um, no way. I'm telling you. I'm, I'm telling you. Eagle, you know what? Spend the rapid the rest of rapid fire. I know you're doing a lot of work during rapid no, fire. No, but he does rapid fire. <laughs> it's insane. It's Spend the rest of rapid fire trying to find the clip. I'm telling you, it's been scrubbed from the internet. Um, it's crazy. Because he goes, he goes, he's like, uh, sorry, I just got thrown off because of that bullshit. And then Bryson does that. And then he says, well, don't call me Brooksy. Like, if you're going to be the asshole, then continue being the asshole. Don't be the asshole, then the baby. And then act like you're innocent. You know what I mean? I, what, I, what I do like about this is this is like Happy Gilmore and Shooter McGavin, right? Like, this yeah. is a legitimate golf beef. But who's like, Shooter McGavin? Who's Happy Gilmore? Who's a put on? But these guys fucking hate each other. Who's Shooter? Who's Shooter McGavin? Who's Happy Gilmore? Who's the heel in this scenario? Because oh, Kepka is obviously Bryson DeChambeau. I, I think Brooks Kepka, despite it, you know how hard it is to be likable when you have a shitty goatee, and oh, Brooks Kepka has managed to do that. So no, but like, I like Kepka. Don't good, get me wrong. That's how good he actually is, right? I like Kepka. Don't get me wrong, but he's more of a Shooter McGavin than Bryson is. And the reason why is because he's more of like the the the, the privileged guy, the country cup guy. What Bryson DeChambeau is like, he's just a weird nerd. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just uh, fine. You know what? We're Shooter McGavin guys. From now on, this is a Shooter McGavin I've podcast. Been a Shooter McGavin guy. Brooks, Brooks Kepka, let's go to Red Lobster. Me and you, buddy. Let's do it. Want to go to Red Lobster? I've been searching, and yeah, basically what happened was because the rights are owned by whoever was broadcasting PGK. the tournament this week, they've disabled it for copyright purposes. So it's actually so going to be stupid. very hard to find. I PGA didn't maybe owned squeeze the, it, but I'll see. PGA owned the clip. PGA is very good at PGA is very good at removing clips. They yeah. do it very quick. It's been like the Justin Thomas one. It was removed right away. I was trying to get someone ripping it from the TV or something, and I couldn't find it at all. I couldn't find any. I spent about 40 minutes on it today. <laughs> and then I realized this is a giant waste of time. <laughs> All right. Speaking of destroying things, oil spill. After a devastating sweep, one of the Scotiabank North division front runners, the Edmonton Oilers, will move forward without Wayne Gretzky in an executive position who has now accepted a job at TNT, who are going to be broadcasting NHL games. <laughs> Boring. Yeah. Gretzky is has like, as great of a hockey player he was, the great one, best of all time, arguably. But he's the most boring human being I've ever heard speak ever. 
But other than basketball, where um, stars are kind of like pushed to sort of be the center of attention, like we've seen with Kobe, Shaq, Dwayne Wade, uh, Charles Barkley, usually the stars in other sports don't show a lot of personality because they were rewarded their entire career for not showing personality. So <laughs> I don't true. understand. Good point. Like, is every, it just to get credibility? Every every um, uh, analyst now, former player, wasn't like the superstar. Like you have Patrick Sharp, who actually does a very good job. I would have liked him to do it because he's entertaining. He's well-spoken, good-looking guy, but he has a sick contract with NBC. I would have liked to see, honestly, Paul Bissonette and Nick Kiprios. Because you have Nick Kiprios, who had a lot of success. He knows the game extremely well. You have Paul Bissonnette, who knows the game well, and he's very well-liked in the hockey community, and he has an extremely big following. I don't know why they didn't go after him. Maybe they did, well, and the I money wasn't think, right, or Barstool. Leaving, I don't think he's leaving Barstool. He doesn't have to leave Barstool. Ryan Whitney was working for the NHL broadcast team. That's and, true. And, and, and Bissonnette still works for the Coyotes. He does the play by play. He does the color for the Coyotes. <laughs> like, you don't have to. Like, Barstool is very, like, okay, if you want to do that stuff, you can do that stuff. It yeah, just brings so, them more eyes, if anything that's else. That's true. That's true. The, the, the thing is, you know, to your point, a lot of times it's not the guys who were the stars. And Paul Bissonnette, known in his retirement as Paul Mistonette, right? Mistonette, so that's yeah. uh, from no, the commercial. just to say, he's a well-spoken guy. I mean, I got to even get both of them on. Get Whitney. Whitney's a fucking crazy funny guy. First-round pick. Fucking played for Team USA. Like, all kinds of credentials. And he's a really funny guy. And, you know, bring those two on with a guy like Nick Kiprios. And you don't have an issue. The issue, like, you don't, it'll be entertaining. It'll be Shaq and, and Barkley. I read you, you do, you listen, everyone's doing get the stars. Get the, get the Canadian, get the American stars. You do the opposite. You get uh, Alexei Yashin and Sergey Fedorov do a fully Russian broadcast on TNT. Seven goes. Or you just go like, who's the best Kazakhstanian player of all time? And just shoot I don't know on. that. Exactly. I don't think it exists. I mean, all right, next. have the best of their country yet. Father <laughs> Tim is undefeated. The Despite not having played in over a decade, uh, Tim Tebow had the top five selling jerseys over the weekend. A reminder, he's not even playing quarterback. He's not playing for his original team. And he's old as fuck, but he's religious. <laughs> So Tim Tebow always had the number one selling jersey. I think like his his Florida jersey was like the number one in the country for like three years in a row when he was playing, and uh, he's gonna sell. Tim Tebow is a fucking marketing selling machine. Machine. He just but prints money. Why? I don't understand. <laughs> because he's good, clean, wholesome, athletic. You want to see a comeback story? You know. I can't wait for him to get cut. So all the boxes. He's jerseys. not getting. He's not getting cut. That's the thing. He's gonna make the team, but he's not gonna play. It, it, so if he doesn't make the team, if he sorry, if he makes the team, you can't you can't use the argument that the the NFL is a meritocracy anymore. It's a guy gave his friend a job because there's no way after not playing that position his entire life in his mid thirties uh, he, he's going to reinvent himself. I'm sorry, I don't see it. Like I, I get that you want to do the Taysom Hill thing. Taysom Hill is so much better an athlete than Tim Tebow ever was. Ah, uh, do we know no, that? Sorry, sorry, he is. Appreciate show me Tim Tebow was. He's a better thrower of the football than Tim Tebow was. Arguable. No. Tim Tebow's best season was 12 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. Tim really. Tim Tebow was also the best college quarterback, college football player of all time. Yeah, cool. He was he was running over a bunch of skinny kids. No problem. Got it. Cool. Tim Tebow's yes. best throw was on blown coverage in the wildcard game. 
also yeah. it was like a On seventeen. A it was a slant. It was a seventeen-yard slant, and he took it eighty-five yards to the, to the house. Yeah, exactly. Demarius Thomas got him famous for a second, and for, then for and, running, for outrunning DBs. Yeah, D- Demarius Thomas's jersey should be the number one selling jersey. <laughs> Next, Minority Report. Uh, former NFL lineman and NFL assistant coach Eugene Chung was told, apparently, this is allegedly, so not confirmed allegedly. yet, but he was allegedly well, he told said so. he, yeah, allegedly. He, uh, he, he didn't name anybody. Exactly. Yeah. He said he wouldn't be considered for a job as head coach because as a Korean American, he is, quote, not the right kind of minority, end quote. The NFL is investigating. Stop Asian hate, huh? <laughs> so, and then the worst part of this, this story is when you start reading through the comments, um, the, the comments, I, I have a feeling, I have a theory about this. The comments who always say, who cares about the minority angle, just hire the best person for the job, is probably the same person who also says, what the hell, um, you know, Captain America can't be black? Well, but then how are those two oh, things no. the same? No, no, I don't care. I mean, I'm the same where I'm, I'm the first guy you said where it's like, listen, if you want to, if you, they put a rule, the Rooney rule is you have to interview one person of color, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So is there saying that Eugene Chung doesn't fit into that category? I, I think he does. By I the think way. he does. As far as the rule's actually written. Anyway, he's, a visible, he's a visible minority. So. I, look, I think, I think the rule in spirit's important because what happened for a long, long time, and not just in the NFL, is that people generally hired people who they associated with. And people most likely associate with people that look like them. Not the case all the time, but often the case. It's oh. not just here. You've seen it in banking. You've seen it um, in football. You've seen it in baseball. You've seen it in... Everywhere, every 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 aspect. So it is important. The rule itself, again, flawed. This is one example of how it's flawed. Where clearly it's just a check off a box and uh, not actually solving the issue. This is where Bruce Arians needs to come in, give Yu Chin Jung his job, and be like, "See, I'm progressive, and I'm going to retire on the top." And Yu Chin Jung is an NFL head coach. Yeah. No. But I'm, I'm 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 in the school of thought where you sh- who, the best man for the job for sure, obviously. Uh, but you, but if you're not like to your point, piece, you're going to associate yourself to people that usually look like you, but not always the case. And I get that. I'm also not to the point where if like James Bond, if when Idris Elba said he like it was offered the James Bond job, everybody freaked out. Why James Bond can't be black? Why? Show me yeah. where there's an image of James Bond as white. Because he's also English, and people didn't freak out when Burt Reynolds, who's not English, was not. <laughs> so just to say, it's like people just want to get fucking outraged for any reason. So it doesn't matter what color you are. If you're the right man for the job, you're going to get it. And it's the same thing for Idris Elba. I think Idris Elba would be the ultimate fucking James Bond guy. The guy is like a Muay Thai uh, legend. Like he's yeah, he helped invent sort of what's been kind of a stale, um, you know, series for a long time. So wait, and would you hire Chung or Idra or Elba to be your coach? I'd hire Eugene Chunk to be my head coach and Idris Elba to be his advisor. I do the opposite. He's such a well-spoken guy, man. I would do the opposite. Oh, okay, that makes sense, actually. <laughs> Why not? Because <laughs> Shake it up, right? We're doing anything. And last topic for today, Flavortown Riches. Guy Fieri has recently inked a new contract with the Food Network that is reportedly worth $80 million over three years. That puts him somewhere close to $26.6 million annually. If he were to be an NFL player, he would be the 15th highest paid player in the NFL, which would be more than, just on a small list, Tom Brady, Khalil Mack, Aaron Donald, 
Julio Jones, Odell Beckham Jr., Jalen Ramsey, and Amari Cooper. So is he your new Under- quarterback for the Flavortown? I don't know if he's got a team name. Guy uh, Fieri. The, the Flavortown Fieri is at this point. The because, Flavortown Fieri is, yeah. Because <laughs> Flavortown know, is the city. Yeah. And there would be the Flavortown Diners. Flavors. The Flavortown Wowzers. Isn't he on Diners Drives? The, the, the Flavortown Triple Ds. Trip, oh, that's a good, as long as it's not Double Ds. I think, yeah. I think it's going to be you PC. Go, you, you guys go one more. Ds. More, one more. One more. Uh, I'm a guy. Oh, it's a good one. There we go. I'm a Guy Fieri guy, man. Like, I, love, I love that guy. The guy Fieri's unbelievable. Heartstoppers. Guy Fieri is unbelievable. Like yeah. he's he's underpaid. such a such a guy underpaid big time. Such a guy's guy. Ultimate, like super nice guy too. He has all his uh, he 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 saved like forty three thousand restaurants or something like that. Forty three thousand jobs for restaurateurs this year during during COVID. Like he's 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 a good he's the, one of the good people we should root for. And, and, I, and, and I'm happy that, for guys. Um, you can't scroll through uh, Triple D and not stop on it. Like, if it's going to be on TV, you're, you're catching the rest of the episode every single time. Um, I oh, saw I, just want, I want to I bet. Started. I want to bet. I want to bet. Oh, oh, congrats, Terry. I got Trey Young, Young I like Trey Young, Ben Simmons, and Russell Westbrook all to get points. They each got two points. There we go. Um, I, when I saw this, I, I had to look up, like, what this meant in terms of basketball money because, you know, like – Hockey money is kind of low. Football money too is somewhat, somewhat you know, repressed by the salary cap. Baseball money is completely wild, but the NBA is kind of like a, a fair, like fair comparison. And and when I searched eighty million dollar contract, I was expecting to see someone I don't know, like uh, a guy like Andre Iguodala at one point was supposed to be like the the number one guy. I thought he would have gotten something like that. No, Terry, our favorite ginger, Davis Bertans, of the Washington Wizards. Um, he's on a five-year, $80 million contract. So he's not even quite worth Guy Fieri money, which we know. But um, he did sign for the same total amount. So that's something to watch out for. Uh, is he going to be another Ken Bazemore where I'm going to freak out in 10 years and be like he was a maxed out uh, salary? Well, he, so the max is so high now he's not maxed, but five years, $80 million is his contract. And he couldn't even get me a rebound in three minutes. Could he get you a single rebound? It, it's like the eighth time you pick him, by the way. Yeah, because I'm like, this guy's bound. It's like one of those things where, okay, it's bound to happen, right? Like, he's going to yeah, get a so rebound eventually. He gets from foul line to foul line, right? Like, yeah, he I never guess. actually gets into the paint. It's fucking crazy, man. He's very he sets slow. a pick and again gets on the bench. But it's going to happen. He's going to get a rebound, and I'm going to catch it. I'm going to fucking catch it. Please. <laughs> I'm going to catch it. That was a good show. And that's our um, show for today, boys. Yeah. Good job, Eags. Uh, scrambling around today. Appreciate it. Uh, too bad you couldn't find us the video. Told you it didn't exist anymore. Um, Terry, thank you for everything you did today. Frankie Barillo was awesome. Love talking to him. Um, great show today, guys. Thank you for everything you've done. Remember to uh, watch. Remember to like. Remember to subscribe. We're going to be playing the Uncle Mike's tournament. So if you haven't yet subscribed to us, please do so. We're going to be posting some stuff on Instagram Live. Uh, we'll be around all day long. Uh, it'll be a bunch of nonsense stuff going on so definitely do uh, do check it out do buy uh, Mike's barbecue sauce do download hot streak also if you see us at the golf tournament Terry wants you to buy him drinks he told me that before the show he says he hates buying himself drinks he gets nervous talking to other people definitely buy him drinks if you see him but most of all I love how you called it Uncle Mike (laughs) oh my god oops (laughs) I didn't slip there Um, 
Thank you all for letting me be myself, except for Uncle Mike. I thank you for nothing. Ha, 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 ha.